Dude, we're gonna need to get a better video angle. Oh, we're live. All right, here we go. I love that it came to the map. I said I miss you. I went through with a tissue that did try to forget you. I got nothing against you. We human. We all got issues, but I'm tired of being tired of being tired. Man. I'll never forget those uh, what's uh, sleeper three rap battles. Oh wow! Don't even, don't even get me started on the sleeper three rap battles. <laughs> that was. That's a whole nother, I feel like a whole nother aspect of myself that I haven't even shared with the world yet is how much I love freestyling. Um, but nonetheless, I didn't even get to do the intro yet. Jeez. Already this man, already, you know, opening his mouth, talking talking <laughs> about Sleep with Three rap battles. What's up, everybody? You know who it is. Austin Agrom, Frosty Aussie. And again, I haven't come up with, I, I keep telling you guys I'm going to come up with another nickname besides... Frosty Osti, but uh, I just haven't put in the time yet. So eventually it's going to come. But nonetheless, today we have a very special guest, very special show, a lot of interesting things to talk about. And my hope is that you'll take some value away from this episode. And if by any chance there's one thing that's said throughout this podcast that is somewhat meaningful to you, provides some sense of value please share this with somebody a friend that you think might need to hear this or might have something to take away from this even if it's to make fun of me that's cool too even if you want to share it with the homies and be like ah austin like he said that you know hey why not get it out there but i'd like to introduce you guys one of my dear friends shrikar welcome to the show oh uh, so um, hello guys, uh, my name is Shrikar, Ghanapathiraju, as you guys know me. Um, it's an honor to be here because I consider Austin a personal friend for a really long time and a mentor. You know, he's taught me, like, you know, everything from, so from, like, building, like, work ethics to managing time to, you know, just how to, like, how to live. And uh, I always thank him for it, so it's a pleasure to be here. Well, I, uh, I appreciate that, Shrikar, and... Uh, you know, uh, again, I, I think it seemed like you guys really enjoyed the, the episode with Chris and, um, you know, he was, he was very receptive. I was, I was texting him the other day and, you know, he was just super grateful that, you know, you guys had reached out and said how much you enjoyed it. Uh, but similar to that, this was a very impromptu sort of podcast. So, uh, Shrikar sort of out of the blue had given me a phone call yesterday and we just started getting into it. And that's, you know, that's, tended to be how these podcasts have gone, especially when I brought people on. Shrikar is now the third guest. And we'll have a really good conversation and we'll just be like, all right, we need to get this on the podcast. Uh, so from my understanding, you you drove to Boston this morning from where? From uh, up, you know, upstate New York, 518 represent, you know. I love my town. And uh, it was a it was a nice drive up here, you know, autumn colors, no snow and just peace, peace, I guess. So you you drove up here for the podcast? Uh, one, yes, the podcast. Two, to see a close friend. Wow. Three, to hoop. And, you know, I got some rent stuff to take care of, too. So <laughs> Well, there you go. There you go. And, and you know, when he mentions hoop, I know I, I mentioned in the podcast yesterday that uh, I typically play basketball with my friends around noon. And uh, to give you an idea of where we are geographically on the time continuum, it is January 13th. 11:27 a.m. and you know it's really crazy that you you drove up here you know like we could have just done this remotely i know but you know for these <laughs> for these type of conversations 
And actually, that's what my mom said. Shukar, why are you driving three hours to a podcast? But, you know, <laughs> oh, I wow. just feel like you don't get that same level of connection or just that same level of, you know, thought process or thinking that deeply or, like, contextually if it's just over Skype or if it's over, like, phone call. So I definitely prefer a real-life conversation. No, that's that's exactly right, man. And, um, you know, if if we weren't – doing this together i wouldn't be able to look into your uh hazel brown eyes and oh God. you know if all goes well maybe you know a little smooch action after the show but who, who knows oh my god um, bro but anyways so, so a big part of our conversation yesterday was talking about escaping the college rat race that was definitely a big big sort of thing on our mind and, and i just want to hear sort of your thoughts like when i say that in particular what comes to mind so I guess the way our conversation started yesterday was I think you brought up a quote that was just blew my mind. And it was by Henry David Thoreau from the book Walden or his like piece of work Walden. And the quote, let me pull it up right here. I have it. Um, Most men lead lives of quiet desperation and die with their songs still inside them. Wow. Wait. Wow. Okay. First of all, I didn't even realize there was a second part to that quote. Can you can you say that again? That was beautiful. So most men lead lives of quiet desperation and die with their songs still inside them. So I think that even encapsulates that idea even more. I, I think so too, because what we were talking about is, hey, we came into college as freshmen. You know, we wanted to, you know, make our mark in the college realm. We wanted to you know, really put ourselves out there. But then I feel like at some point you get caught up in that freshman mentality and you never really like realize that after these four years, at some like, you know, you have to, you know, lead the life that you were always meant to or like do the stuff that, you know, you have to do in order to really escape this college rat race. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's 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 such an interesting topic because I feel like it's it's a place where so many of us have been. And I feel like a good example of that was uh, freshman year. I remember I always knew, like, I wasn't a big frat dude. Like, I just always knew, like, it wasn't super my style. Um, and I ended up joining one anyways. Uh, mostly just, like, cause some of the homies were. So I figured, like, all right, this will be this will be fun. Uh, and it was a good time. You know, I, I definitely enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's still really not my style. Um, I think it sort of took me a while to – to get out of that and like really create my own identity of, of who I was and what I cared about and, and the things I wanted to pursue. Um, and it took, I mean, it took a while, man. And I think in, in some ways I'm, I'm sort of, I'm still fully getting to the person I want to be and, you know, answering that question of internally of like, who, who is myself, but it's a process, man. And, and so where do you think you are in your process right now? So I think I am in the process of like, you know, trying to figure out and trying to break into, you know, that mold of who Shrikar will be for mm. his adult life. But what I was thinking about last night was, you know, we have these four years of college. Is it absolutely necessary to, you know, really try to find ourselves in these four years? Like, like, you know, Honestly, people like, you know, motivated people like us do will at, at the end of the day, they will try to succeed um, at every point of the way. But is it worth it or is it worth to just, you know, let go and try to experience everything so that when you do leave college, you're ready and set to finally find that out? Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And, and something I really realized, I, I mean, I, I largely think 
all parts of life, but specifically college, are really about having a strong balance. And I think the quote that you mentioned of most men lead lives of quiet desperation can really characterize a lot of people in college because uh, there's a lot of general social pressures. And maybe we create a lot of those sort of internally with our mindset, but it definitely can have sort of a negative effect on how we develop in these crucial years. And, you know, at, at least for me, I think I've had uh, not an awakening, but I think just gotten a lot more comfortable with myself and, and the vision that I have for myself. Uh, maybe just by seeing how other people's lives were unraveling as they started graduating college. And, you know, I'm all for having fun in school. I, I think, you know, it's, it's really fun. Well, I mean, maybe I don't see it as much fun as I used to, but I, it is a very appealing idea, right? Like to go out with your friends and like get super wasted and hang out with all these people and, and have a good time. But then I sort of realized that, I don't know, like I just, I, I started meeting a lot of people and I think it was as I got, well, just as I went through college more, you start meeting people that, you know, are now one, two years out of college. Mm -hmm. And I could just sort of tell like, wow, you know, it seems like they're going to be the type of person that like for the rest of their life is always talking about like, Oh, back in college, like those were the days, like it was so like college was the best four years of your life. Like I was like getting messed up all the time. And, and I just, you know, sort of saw that as like that, you know, like they gave, you know, that they had the full college experience, but maybe didn't have much of like a strong vision on the future. And and that was almost like depressing to me because I don't want to look back on my life and say, oh, college was the best four years of my life. And I feel like that's like the trap that's easy to fall into once you like fully let go and just sort of uh, maybe dive into into all those indulgences, perhaps. And to you know add on to that point, I guess it's like that whole social construct of, oh, this is college supposed to be your best four years of your life. You know, if it if it wasn't supposed to be, I don't think a lot of people would start paying fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars a year to be going to college in the first place. Yeah, no, right. That's that's a good point. I will say too. I mean, like this. I know a, a question that that we were talking about yesterday is you were like, "All right, Austin. Well, like, how did you get to this place now where you know you're at least more committed than you were, say, a year ago into you developing this identity and really realizing, you know, who you are." And, you know, honestly, I wish I could sit here and say that, oh, like one day I just like woke up and snapped out of it. And I just made the decision that I wasn't going to, you know, sort of put myself into that social mold anymore. But honestly, what really happened was a lot of the circumstances that occurred that were out of my control in one way or another forced me to get to this point. And Looking back, there were two events in particular that I think had a, a huge sort of impact on me. The first was a career fair that BU had last year. I remember this was like on one of my like weird Instagram accounts that I don't really post on much. I think it's called like Frosty's Journey or something. And <laughs> I remember I just like, I went to the top, you know, in uh, the Metcalf, I think it's called the Metcalf, like, yeah, yeah, you go yeah. to the stairs and like you have sort of like the elevated view. Yeah. And I took a picture of all of the companies and all the students that were like in line, like just begging to get these internships, like begging to get these jobs. And uh, 
I just like, I, I printed that picture out and I, I put it on my wall and I was just like, all right, man, like if this you don't, yeah, like I was like, if you don't make changes to your life and like you don't start actually putting yourself in a financial place to not have to get a job, like this is going to be you next year. And that's fine if you want that to be you, like no sweat if that's what you want. But for me, I just knew so deep down that that's not what I wanted for myself. So I was like, shit, man, like I better wake up. Um, and then the other thing that happened, what I, this is a, a more indicative example of sort of being outside of my control where um, I lived my junior year. I lived with my roommates. You remember, you know, the homies, I know the um, homies, I know the homies. and uh, we were planning to live together senior year. And I honestly, I think I, I pretty much, I think I fumbled the bag. I think it was like mostly my fault, but we were planning to live together. And then I, I was like on the fence. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to live on campus, off campus. And they were just like, all right, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to live in this off campus apartment. And suddenly all my friends had housing and I had no housing. So basically what naturally happened was I just sort of had to figure out the housing situation on my own. And now I live in this apartment with two other roommates who I really, I mean, I don't really know them at all, but it, now I'm basically just with myself. And I mean, for those of you that are seeing the visual version of this, uh, this is the room that I'm in and I'm, I'm just sort of stuck in these thoughts with myself all day. And, you know, there's that aspect of like, Oh, like your friends shouldn't have an influence on you. Uh, you know, you should be able to like become who you are without that, which like, if you're on that level, man, like, cool, like, you know, more power to you, but I can be very much influenced by my surroundings and because, and this is no fault of my friends and no fault of mine, but now that I was just with myself all the time and not surrounded by my friends, I feel like it sort of forced me to fully be stuck with myself and pursue the things that I wanted to do on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, with that being said, I think those were the two big factors that really propelled me to get to this point. And obviously no hate to them. Like they're like, it's nothing, no personal feelings, nothing. Like it's just that it just didn't work out and you just had to make the best of the situation that you were in. Yeah, man. And it, oh, it was such a blessing in disguise, honestly, because, you know, if I did still live and, and I guess the other thing too, right. Is, uh, you know, for example, say, and it's not that much different, but even just like the small parts of always being, you know, in this this world that I'm living in mentally, uh, it ends up making a big difference. And like a small thing I realized was, uh, you know, say like last year, for example, like it, it would pretty much be the same in the sense that I would be working one way or another all day, but then say, you know, 8 or 9 p.m. rolls around and now it's like, all right, like I want to hang out with my friends, like uh, let's do some freestyling or like let's like make some music or whatever it is, you know, watch a stupid movie. Uh, but instead it's like, all right, well now it's eight o'clock. I don't have anyone around me. Uh, why don't we get a good night of sleep and get a good start on the day tomorrow? And, you know, so just sort of little things like that has had a huge sort of impact on me in order to, to sort of build up that momentum. Um, and all these, you know, lifestyle changes that you're talking about, it's tough. Like you, it's not easy going from being like, in like a social setting and being able to just have fun and partying to, you know, suddenly like realizing that you can't be doing that and to actually make the change. And I remember when we were talking about the quote about quiet desperation and I, we found a way to perfectly describe it. And it was, it's when like 
you know what you have to do and you know that you need to do it, but you just can't do it. And I feel like that's what a lot of people, you know, in, I guess, or a lot of people, like what most men are in Mm -hmm. and everybody knows like, you know, what you have to do and like how you, what, like, you know, how do I put it? Everybody knows that you have to make these changes, but that courage to take that leap and actually do it. It's a different story. I feel like. Well, dude, that's, I mean, in a big, I guess, way that I've seen that is, uh, I feel like we notice it a lot on social media where people will have like outrages of, I don't really know a good example per se. I think the, the big example that comes to my head is the, the black squares in BLM. Mm-hmm. I think did you you probably did post a black square I would imagine I know you're like pretty liberal um I did not no. really I that post, surprises me. I posted something different <laughs> what did you post um I posted something in awareness of a healthcare issue okay I mean fair enough but so that's like in a good example like I feel like in one way or another and I might get some shit for this I don't know but I feel like in one way or another that sort of is like people living in quiet desperation and the reason that I think that is because. I don't, I mean, it's not so much standing up for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. That is the part of the quiet desperation, but it's because the part of quiet desperation is you doing something because everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. it. And you think you're going to be perceived poorly because you're not doing the same social actions that everybody else is doing. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting point. But I mean, disagree. I mean, I don't really disagree. I see I don't mind, like, I guess I don't mind. Yes, all those Instagram story infographics are annoying, like super annoying. Mm -hmm. And it's really done by a lot of people who really have never, ever lived that, like, life that's actually impacted. Um, So, yes, it is stupid. But compared to, like, everybody not doing anything, Mm -hmm. I feel like at least something, no matter... You know, sometimes the status quo can work in like the positive good. Like not like I, I feel like that's the perspective I have that some things, yeah, it's annoying, but and it's a trend that everyone's doing. But sometimes those trends like the ALS ice bucket challenge, that was a good cause. And everybody did it. And through quiet desperation, I guess, like so many people started doing it because every like, like, you know, their friends were doing it and it just became a popular thing. But at the end of the day, it still benefited, you know, ALS research a lot and kind of did some good for the world. That's true. But the, I guess a slight difference with that, and maybe I'm wrong where I I have a feeling that AOS, well, first of all, that was like five years ago. Yeah. I I remember I was in high school when that was happening. Yeah. Go back to the past. Yeah. I forget if I did that or not. I forget if I actually forget what happened, but I didn't do it. (laughs) I donated though, but you did donate. That's good. But like in that sense, right. I mean like the AOS bucket challenge, like, people probably wanted to do that. Like it was a fun thing and it wasn't so much, Oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to be perceived like I'm racist because yeah. I didn't post a black square. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah, that is true. I guess silence does not mean, you know, silence does, I guess like silence doesn't mean you're against it. It just means that that's not the way that you help. And I well, understand that for a lot of people, dude, I'm not even saying like silence is the right answer, Yeah. but I'm just saying like, there's different ways to go about it. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like, if you truly actually cared. Before we get off topic, we do want to talk about stocks, though. It's crazy. Okay, yeah, we can talk about stocks. But. Continue, finish your point. Yeah, the last thing I want to say is that 
uh, if you truly did care, I think someone would do more than just post a black square because you did it. Or maybe they would actually donate some of their money or maybe they would actually donate their time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they would actually do some research and like write up an article about like, hey, this is my thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, but just, I, yeah, see, it, it has so little to do with the actual issue itself. And yeah. I think like the motives for the issue. And yeah, I mean, the motives, yes, dude. Like if you're just posting a story and not doing anything else, which a lot, a large like mass, like there's a lot of people who do that, who just post a story and just don't do anything. Yeah, you're kind of a scum lord. Like there's no two things, like two ways about it, but. Yeah, well, I guess we got pretty off topic. I don't yeah, know we how really we, did. How we, that wasn't even supposed to be like a talking point, but let's see. The last Okay, and then real quick, I, I just wanted to talk. I know you want to talk about stocks, right? You want to talk about trading a little bit. Uh, the last thing I sort of wanted to talk about uh, in regard to the whole career fair and uh, sort of the, situ the, the living situation that sort of turned out to be a blessing uh, was that I feel like a lot of these things that have happened to me and a lot of where I'm going and the direction that I have is largely out of my control. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like even recording this podcast right now, I feel like it's, I don't know, man. I don't know if I, it almost feels like transcendent in a way where like, I just feel like a higher calling that's like pulling me towards this direction. And it's like, every time I'm not making a podcast, or I'm not posting the content or not putting myself out there. Yeah. It's like, I feel that quiet desperation in my soul. That's like Austin, like one way or another, you know that you're supposed to be doing this. And mm -hmm. I don't know the reason I'm supposed to be doing it. Uh, but I just, I'm, I'm being pulled in that direction constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the pain you go through right now, it's going to benefit later in the future. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And so yeah, no, yeah, what what's going on with the stocks? I so let's talk, okay, so um, you know, we're talking about stocks. You obviously day trade a lot. Good bit here and good there. Good bit here and there. Why don't you talk about that experience? Well or what's it like? What's it like? I mean, there's there's sort of two different things going on. Like I have a long term portfolio of like stocks that I just buy mm -hmm. and I'm just holding for good. Mm -hmm. Uh but then I have some stocks that all sort of just some low cap stocks yeah, yeah uh, like high risk higher risk yeah i guess they're higher risk lower I'm, market cap that's that's fair that's fair um but yeah i mean in terms of you know what what there is to say about it i mean i enjoy doing it i think i think it's fun and you know it's cool to to make profits through that way uh yeah i mean do you have any like specific questions so i have a specific thought on you know trading and day trading because like obviously having long-term investment having a long-term investment portfolio mm -hmm. is a very smart th thing to do and something that i feel like every you know young adult slash college student should start getting into because it does build like a safety net for the future and just like long-term growth but when it comes to you know more short-term and higher risk, high reward situations where you're really trying to make like short-term cash off of like like volatility, like volatility volatility in the market. Right. At what point does because obviously day trading is not your main hustle. It's a mm -hmm. it's a side hustle. Perhaps and when it comes into when it becomes a side hustle, at what point where you don't put enough time into it for good reason because it is supposed to be a side hustle mm -hmm. that you know, you, you don't put enough time into it and it like transcends from day trading to gambling. Okay. That's a good point. Uh, so 
for example, I I wouldn't say that I necessarily day trade. Like I don't trade like on the hour or like on the minute where it's like I'll buy it at, you know, 11:47 and then I'm selling at like 12:15. Mm-hmm. So I'll do like swing trading, mm-hmm. which is usually over the course of a couple of days, which the um the attention that I pay to my account is more than enough for swing trading like for example I'm in two stocks right now specifically that I'm swinging one is called Sundial and a lot of it for me is like following trends mm-hmm. and so one is called Sundial which is like some it's a weed stock of and course of course Good yeah i mean the weed sector <laughs> is really hot right now dude because... i mean once uh, Cuomo gets his act together and uh, legalizes it right yeah, yours going to be a party yeah, that's that's exactly right. And then the other one that I'm in, I mean, how much do you know about SPACs? Well, not Special much, actually. Special purpose acquisition companies? Not much. So basically what it is is Austin and Shrikar will come together and we'll make a uh, we'll make a SPAC, a Special Purpose Acquisition Company, and we'll name it, you know, Austin Shrikar Capital. Mm-hmm. And then we will acquire a company, uh, a private company. What's a private company right now? Toast. Okay. right in boston okay and so basically what we'll do is we'll use that as a holding is company. it airbnb also a private company actually they just went public they just went public just oh went wow public, yeah. okay, okay, okay. um but and basically uh through this through this special purpose acquisition company uh will acquire toast mm-hmm. and then because our special purpose acquisition company is private i mean i'm sorry it's public uh the Basically, we acquire the company Toast, and then our ticker symbol, which was you know ASC for you know Austin Tricard Capital, would now turn into TST for Toast. Oh, um, okay, okay, okay. And the reason that that's cool, a lot of people like to swing that because, uh, for example, uh, there's a SPAC right now. Well, it actually it already merged. I don't have you have you heard of Clover Health? No, I have not. Okay, well, sounds familiar. Though. Yeah, I, I know you're in the health industry, uh, but initially they were called IPOC. IPOC, Special Purpose Acquisition Company. They just had a merger. The merger went through, and now the ticker symbol for that company is Clove. Okay. Uh, and that's one of the companies that I'm currently swinging right now. I'm probably going to sell it when it gets to like $20 or $22. Uh, I'm what is that, it currently right now? I'm like 15 Okay. I got okay. it at like 13 Okay. Um, and But the, all these are, like you said, a little long-term more like – over the course of a couple of days, over the course of maybe a couple of weeks type of investments, which I guess if you do an initial research mm-hmm. and, you know, you stick to the quantitative like analysis and do the qualitative analysis, you'll have the time to, you know, make, I guess, educated picks and make these like, you know, solid picks that you're going to run with regardless of market volatility. But what happens when, you know, you're not doing like swing trading over long periods of time and, you know, you have to be like aware of market situations in the short term, like one or two days or, you know, in the same day, like, what are your thoughts about that country? What are I mean, like, what are my thoughts about, about, I mean, well, that sounds like gambling. Yeah. I mean, like if, if you're not aware of market conditions and you don't know what's going on and uh, if you're investing money that you're not willing to lose, well, then you're an idiot and you know, you probably deserve to lose all your money. Uh, yeah, wait. Is that? I don't know if that answered your question or not. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. It so took many. a weird turn. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I like for me, you know, I have my and, and most of my long-term shares are Palantir. Like, I, I think I'm maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm literally just holding Palantir for the rest of yeah. my life. 
Um, but I have like this extra, not extra money, but other money where, you know, I, I like to sort of move that around and, and make different trades. And, um, you know, I know one thing in particular you can do, uh, you know, say I invest $5,000 into one of these specs, uh -huh. you know, I can, I can set a 5% stop loss where if the stock goes below 5% of my $5,000, it'll just sell. Yeah. And that's sort of a way to mitigate, um, Risk. risk. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was looking for. Um, all right, anything else? We got about a minute thirty before we wrap this up. Huh? What do you want to talk about? I mean, I think I think we pretty much hit everything. Um, I guess we can make our closing remarks and try to summarize everything that we talked about. Yeah, I mean, what did you what did you learn from this podcast? So one, we definitely went over the whole like idea of you know you look down and you see the career fair and you see a bunch of college kids college kids fighting for you know, for jobs and stuff. And you look at the problem and you know that what the problem is and the changes you have to make, but to make you just to make that leap is the effort of getting out of a quiet desperation. And, um, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think you, you summarized it pretty well. Um, I think the biggest thing that I want to highlight is, you know, especially for me getting out of that place of quiet desperation, I don't, want to give you guys the impression that I have it all figured out because I certainly don't. And it's still something that I'm internally struggling with every day. And I guess that's sort of the fun part about this journey is trying to get closer and closer to being that person we know have the, we know we have the potential to be. Um, so yeah, I think that's about all we have for today. Shrikar, thank you very much for coming on. Um, I didn't want to do it to you, but now I'm going to have to bust your ass in basketball and see the courts. And All right, bro. You're the worst teammate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to, you, talk to you guys soon.